All right, guys, welcome to Nothing Is OB South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 43. Now, today I have one of my good buddies, one of my four bros. He is the head pro. When I say the head pro, he is the director of instruction at Top Golf here in San Antonio, Texas. It is Mike Ray. Uh, he hails out of Florida. He's been a golf tech. Uh, he's really worked in a lot of bays. So today we're going to talk about a lot about hitting out of the bay, hitting out of Top Golf, and debunking a big question that a lot of people think is top golf really golf so uh it's pretty interesting dude all right now i know him and my good buddy jeremiah they played at tapatio springs today so i'm just waiting for mike to hop on here um hopefully y'all are tuning in tonight i'm going to be giving away two rounds to golf club of texas all right now mike is going to be talking with us about uh, his special event. He's got an awesome event coming up on March 4th. That is Thursday at Top Golf. It's a pretty awesome event. There you go. Mike's coming on right now. It's a pretty awesome event. And uh, Mike's going to talk to us a little bit more about uh, his journey, how he made it here to San Antonio, and a lot more about the event. What's up, Mike? How's it going, bro? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well, man. You made it. Yeah, finally, I had some technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, so that's what we're going to call them. <laughs> so how did the round yes. go today? How did the round go today? Uh, much better. Much better than it has in a while. It was, it was real windy, but um, it was good. It was good. I took down, uh, I took down the other guys. So, oh, Of course, man. Of course. That, how did Jeremiah play? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. He had some good holes, some bad holes like we all do. So I don't, uh, I don't know what he shot score wise. I won't ask him, but <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know. Did you take some of his money? I did. Yeah. Well, good. I'm definitely good. glad I didn't play then. Cause you know what? You took enough of my money last time. <laughs> it was a friendly game. How was the course looking? Oh, it was great, man. The greens are running a lot faster than uh, than it looks. Uh, everything's real dormant. Grass is pretty crispy right now, so um, it was good. It was fun. Well, good, man. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. So, all right. So, I kind of introed you a little bit. I was telling everybody, why don't you go ahead and tell us how you made your way to San Antonio? Mm. It's a fun story. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, went to golf school in, um, in Florida, uh, in like the Orlando area. I, uh, was in engineering school in Daytona beach and decided that I wanted to kind of get my foot into the golf industry and I uh, wasn't really enjoying engineering very much as it were. So, uh, I ended up going to golf school and then, uh, Got out of golf school. I couldn't really find a job that I was interested in uh, at a golf course. Uh, didn't really have much interest in working in the shop or, you know, running outside operations or anything like that. All I, all I really wanted to do was um, teach and, and play some on the side and um, got an opportunity to move out to Texas uh, maybe a year, year and a half after I uh, got out of golf school. And uh, 
that was that. So once we got here, uh, met a couple people and ended up getting a, getting a gig teaching golf when I was like 21 years old. And that was like 2011. So it's been Ish. about a good, it's been a, been about a good 10 years or what? Been a decade or so. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. It's been a wild and crazy ride golf wise. <laughs> sure. um, so. um, well, you're, you're known around town uh, by some of your, uh, your peers is you're the golf pro that likes to have a good time. I uh, <laughs> always love to have a good time. Always love to have a good time. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Oh man, that's, that's a great thing, dude. Great thing. Yeah. So how did it all, how did it, how did it all start as you got into this game of golf here in town? I know you had told me you had worked at Golf Tech, and I don't know if uh, I wasn't too sure if uh, how did it all start because I know you're a very from watching some of your videos and just hearing hearing how you were speaking the other day about golf swings and stuff. Uh, you get super technical, and I'm just like, you know what? This guy's this guy's this guy's a golf nerd. This guy's a nerd about the golf swing. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly right, actually. Um, I, I, I don't really consider myself to be uh, to really fall in line with, with who your typical golf pro is. Um, you know, I took some lessons from a golf pro back in the day. Uh, and he would basically just tell me these very cliché things and not really have any way to back them up and you know factually so anytime i was having a problem it was oh you're not practicing the right way or you know you're not doing enough of this or you're not doing enough of that or um whatever and and uh, i can never really get good answers and the more i research things online uh, the, the more i found that like a lot of the instruction industry was very um subjective and it's you know, preferences for how the game should be taught and how the game should be played. And um, I kind of saw that there was an opportunity there. Um, and from that day forward, I, I started researching the golf swing and just started becoming a nerd about it. I read lots of books, pretty much any book I could get my hands on, did a lot of, uh, you know, online research, a lot of forum activity a lot of networking with uh with other golf pros and figuring out a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me kind of using some of, of the things that they would figured out to to provide more of a factual basis for people to understand what to do to get better at golf rather than um rely on kind of old time cliches and generalizations that sort of have um been prevalent in, in a lot of past instruction. Nothing against past instruction or anything. It's just more the way that I started to go about it. So now, now in talking with you, you have never really been like the pro that's been on the range or at a golf course, right? That's what I thought was so interesting about your story. I said, because you've pretty much been like, I guess, in the at Top Golf, I guess, what is it considered like hitting bays, I guess, or is that really what the, the term is or what? Yeah, well, um, so, you know, I, I started out at Golf Tech, which is an indoor uh, golf teaching facility, um, fantastic company, and I was with them for like seven-ish years, 
Um, and then, you know, post them, I found Top Golf, uh, which again kind of has a beta hit in. You're hitting into a field. We have some Top Tracer technology, a lot of cool things. Um, but basically, as long as I had somewhere to strike a golf ball, um, a lesson could be taught. So uh, I learned pretty early on that I didn't really have much of a much of a want for kind of the, the traditional golf course route, which nothing against it at all. I just only really had interest in teaching. So I found uh, I've been able to kind of find jobs that have lined that sort of direction up for me thus far in my career. Um, so been in the right place at the right time um, a few too many times. <laughs> well, hey, well, well, that's just that's the name of your that's your game though, bro. You know, that's the name of your game. Yeah, man. I, there's there's someone uh, watching over me there, definitely pushing <laughs> me in the right direction sometimes. So, well, I, I think what a lot of people what, what attracts a lot of people to you, and I guess not only as your your clients or your students, it's just uh, the people around you. It's just it's your it's your fun loving attitude. It seems like uh, you know it. That's like you kind of put a lot of people at ease. They're like, yeah, yeah, you might be a three handicap, and you might uh, might have took. Uh, 18 bucks for me the first time we played but you know what i say you know what i don't mind losing money to this guy i can lose some more money to him again yeah yeah i uh you know what <laughs> if you like watching the fish in the aquarium you don't tap the glass <laughs> right we don't want to disturb the ecosystem we just want to let people hang out so um you know i if if money is going to be wagered Bets are going to be made. It's all in good fun. And, uh, you know, if I lose, I pay up just as quickly as anyone else pays me. So, um, and trust me, I lose all the time. So I want to find the guys that are beating you. That's what really, what really what I want to do. I want to find those guys. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't tell people about those days. So <laughs> good luck. Uh, but I'll say it's mostly in handicap tournaments. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, Mostly in uh, Peoria scoring. Oh yeah, when you lost, yeah. What did y'all win? What did y'all go in, in our four bros? Uh, yeah, we shot sixty six, and it, 66. it changed to like seventy three. We ended up getting we went from tie for first and second to last out of <laughs> ten groups or twelve groups. What did we have that day? It's fantastic. Tie uh, for first to second to last. Oh, uh, dude, I know it's lovely, bro. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. So tell, so tell me, I guess, uh, one of the big questions that a lot of people always say is you always hear, uh, people talking trash, you know, about golf. Right. And right mm -hmm. now golf is just, it's booming right now. So as the courses are getting packed, I know you were telling me the other day that, uh, at top golf and I guess the industry that you're currently in right now, uh, what are some of the struggles that you're going through with COVID right now? Yeah. So COVID uh, sort of knocked me on my butt a little bit. Uh, we had a, a nice little program developing and, and um, getting bigger and better. I'd hired a, another teaching pro to help teach some lessons and stuff at Top Golf, um, and then COVID struck, and we essentially all got furloughed for three months. Uh, and I essentially had to you know, kind of start all over with rescheduling everyone and 
getting everyone back in the door. And then everything just kind of slowed down. There were a lot of people who were a little hesitant to come in at first, uh, even though we're sort of back up and running now. Top off sent a lot of really, really awesome things to help uh, sanitize all the bays, um, creating lots of different procedures and trainings for making everything just as absolutely safe as possible. And, and they did a fantastic job. And uh, people have come in to see that and, and they see that and it sort of sets them uh, apart. I also do a lot of my teaching away from like the general public within the building. Um, one, because students just generally feel more comfortable that way. And two, you know, the less we use bays where other people have been in, the, the safer it is, I think. So, yeah, man, COVID's fun, but we pushed our way through it. And now we're on to uh, winter snowstorms. <laughs> and, and you're from Florida, right? Yeah. I'm a I'm I'm a warm warm weather warm you're, weather guy. You're a warm weather creature. Yeah, <laughs> if it's sub sub fifty, I won't play golf. <laughs> Not worth right. it. Now, now that's one thing I noticed. Though we, we were going to play at the Hyatt last weekend, and everyone was saying, "Okay, you know, there's there's all these, you know, going to be some crazy temperatures on Monday, and everyone, oh, I'm going to battle it. I'm going to battle through. A, you know, freaking A Rod. A Rod works in." A Rod, he's the assistant uh, general assistant uh, superintendent there at the Hyatt, and oh, yeah, he knows. His, his course is freaking looking awesome, and right. uh, especially through all the COVID and all the the freezing. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw him one day there. We were there, I think, playing in the fifties, and this dude's in freaking shorts. And I'm like, sure, his legs are all chafed, and he's looking like Ashy Larry, but mm-hmm. you know, he's over there just like calm and cool, like nothing. You know, I'm like, dude, I, I'm. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little bitch when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, man. <sighs> Me too. I'm not acclimated. Not acclimated at all. Doesn't work for me. Well, I think Jeremiah. I think this is Jeremiah. Said, said, yeah. He tapped the glass today. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Maya? I hope all is well, buddy. I hope your stay and play is uh, doing good for you. Oh man, shoot! Hey, dude, he's looking like Father of the Year right now, bro. He's in the running for Father of the Year. He's he's oh, back he in the lead. And husband of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> well, early. Well, now he is. Earlier, he wasn't. You should you should have heard all the great things he was saying about his wife and his kids today. He just <laughs> didn't have enough good things to say about them. He's a fantastic, fantastic guy, family man, great husband. Oh, dude! How much? How much did he pay you, or how much? How much did he lose to you to say those kind words? Ah, that's from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) From my mouth to God's ears, it's it's true. Oh, that's a direct line, bro. It's a direct line, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, bro. So tell me, what what are some of the the big points that you touch on as you're working with uh, one of your students? Uh, I know when uh, when I spoke to you way back when, and even looking through a lot of your videos, uh, I guess you're you're real big. Obviously, you know you you always talk. You were talking about the fundamentals and things in of that nature. What is your like? Mm-hmm. I guess go to teaching point that that you really try to focus on. Yeah. So uh, in a lot of my uh, my years and a lot of my experience, I. Uh, um, seeing golfers struggle a lot with just their overall concepts and their overall idea of what they should be trying to do, right? 
Um, I think it gets uh, very convoluted as to what is a variable and what is a preference and sort of what is fundamental to playing golf in a functional way, right? So uh, over the years, I've become pretty good friends with uh, Andy Plummer and Mike Bennett and a lot of the Stack and Tilt uh, family. They've done a lot of training and a lot of um, spent a lot of time helping me get a lot better at teaching golf uh, and understanding kind of what's going on in the swing. And um, the biggest thing that I've learned about playing golf and teaching golf uh, kind of goes toward the three fundamentals of their system, which is that, um, you know, all good golfers basically control where they hit the ground. Um, they control the uh, contact where they kind of hit the ball in the face. They control the direction that the ball goes. Uh, they do that in a pretty predictable fashion. And then they, they control kind of how far the ball goes. Okay. Um, so the majority of golfers, especially beginning level or, um, you know, recreational level golf golfers really need to work a lot on kind of like that first fundamental of golf, uh, meaning controlling where the club strikes the ground relative to the golf ball being able to control the low point of their swing that comes in, in over and over and over um, in every single lesson I've almost ever given to any sort of a, you know, recreational golfer. Um, you know, all good golfers do that. There's never ever been a good golfer who, who, couldn't control where the club strikes the ground, right? There are some stylistic differences and some movement patterns that are slightly different and how people do that. But the fact that they do it is really the important concept to sort of take away from that. So, um, you know, credit where credit is due to, uh, to those guys. Like I said, I, I take a lot of stuff from other people who are way smarter than I am and um, kind of been able to, to sort of use it. And, it. and it sort of clicks in people's head. They're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I guess, you know, if I, ha I can have these different grips and I can kind of have these different setups and I can have, you know, some of these different swing pieces, but I still need to be able to control where I hit the ground, you know, control how far the golf ball goes and, and be able to predict relatively accurately kind of what the, the ball flight's going to be. And every problem that a golfer has kind of falls into one of those buckets in some way or the, or the other and um, kind of figure out which one they're the worst at and work on that. Now, now somebody, I mean, you've seen my swing. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't like my swing one bit. And, uh, but I, I like to think I'm not the type of golfer that that's a range guy. Like I don't like to sit I love the, don't get me wrong. If I could go to the range like every day, I would, but I just don't. I'm not that guy that just likes to sit out there and pound balls and loves his swing and records swings and post it. No, because you're you're rarely going to see me do that. But some mm -hmm. guy I was playing a while back, I think it was in the summer and at GCT, and I played with some just some you know two randos, and this one guy goes, "Oh, hey man, you got that stack and tilt going on," and I'm mm -hmm. over here like I'm over here like, uh. I do not, I do not, I guess, man, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what, what that is, you know, and so as, as you say, somebody who, how their impact of the ground or how, you know, they're hitting the ground, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of dumb to things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of misconceptions as to what stack and tilt is. Um, it's sort of a polarizing um, name and a polarizing brand, if you will. Um, they've done a lot of uh, of sort of exposure and done a lot of things that in magazines, excuse me, and uh, on the internet where there have been some things written or some concepts, um, you know, said about them that kind of gives the wrong impression as to what it is. So most of the time, whenever I hear people, excuse me, most of the time, whenever I, I hear people say, oh, you do stack and tilt or you have a stack and tilt swing, they kind of just have this idea that, you know, all your weight just stays on the front foot and you you hit down and it's good for short irons and it's bad for driver and it's bad for your back and um, it's this and it's that and the other. And, and then when you press them a little bit more about it, um, you figure out that they actually don't they don't know anything about it. It's just kind of one of those passing things. They're like, oh, well, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Or I read uh, that one magazine article that one time, you know, 10 years ago, whenever it was published. And um, the cool thing about it is like there, there really hasn't been another brand in the golf instruction space that has stood up to the amount of scrutiny that, that Andy uh, Andy Plummer and Mike Bennett have uh, in, in the long run. And it's, in my opinion, it's one of the most endearing things about their system and about um, the way they are as people and the way they teach golf is um, they're very willing and, and generous with their information and their time. And uh, it's pretty amazing to watch those guys move a golfer through the different stages of a golf lesson and or kind of through the through their development um, and being able to describe things in a relatively consistent and um, accurate manner. Right. So. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's a brand that is known, but it's not something that's known about. Yeah, that, that I get sense. that. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. I guess it's just it's something that you hear or you hear the certain type or style, and you hear it like you like you stated for the most part through passing or YouTube or you mm -hmm. know someone reference makes a reference at it, but it's like we don't know the intricacies that that makes it up. And I'm sure you know uh, as as working in simulators, working in golf bays. Uh, I guess as you do that, what what kind of sets you apart? Or, or how are you able to, um, I guess, kind of be on par or even be better than uh, some of the pros that do have access to courses or do have access to, like, say, grass ranges or wide open ranges? Yeah, I mean, so really, in, in my view, um, if, if I can't measure it in some way, shape, or form, um, I don't really want to talk about it in a golf swing. So I, I generally tend to stay away from – you know, over over generalized sort of cliches when it comes to teaching things like that. Uh, after spending years and years in a bay uh, measuring swings in 3D and, and measuring ball flights, being able to kind of lay a template out for a certain student relative to what their pattern or their goal level is, they're you know here in their game and they want to get here. And we kind of lay out a plan for how they do that. And a lot of that comes uh, from my experience and doing that over time. Whereas, you know, uh, a lot of people's golf lesson experience might be very, um, you know, scattered 
they they might take lessons for a couple of weeks at a time and then go play for a year uh, or go to different pro, different pro, different pro. And then it really kind of lay out a plan and kind of go after it in sort of a long-term fashion. And, and working on your golf swing is it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, you don't really notice yourself getting stronger rep by rep by rep. But, you know, three months down the road, you all of a sudden – lift something that that you know you couldn't do when you started and you're like i didn't even notice that's kind of how changing your golf swing is and getting people to sort of see that and help them understand more about why they're trying to do what they're trying to do um sort of helps the buy-in a lot and i think i i've been able to sort of self set myself apart um to a small extent and and being able to help people understand what their patterns are in the long run rather than just constantly giving them a checklist of things they're doing wrong. That makes sense. Oh, you're muted, buddy. There you go. I have a good question right here. Do you use the top golf balls when teaching? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Now, is there something? Is there, is there something? Is there something in the golf balls that it's able to pick it up? Because I know it kind of gives you that little monitor, or it gives you kind of like a reading, especially with the new updated system, right? That I guess y'all have had. I guess I don't know how long it's been the past, you know, year or two or or what. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple different systems um, that sort of run at Top Golf um, at the same time. So. The first system would be every golf ball has an RFID chip in the middle of it. And whenever it comes out of the ball dispenser in the bay, it sort of registers which ball that is. And then when you hit that ball into a target, uh, it'll going to go down to the bottom of the target. It'll hit another sensor there that'll read that same ball. Um, it'll throw it into the system as to where it went in, which target, how many points that was, and where that ball came from and shoot a score back to the K panel that's in the bay, right? And then secondarily, there's a camera system that sort of tracks the flight of the golf balls um, sort of within that that little scope of the, the top golf range. Uh, and that would be the top tracer technology. And um, it is able to sort of measure the ball's flight and then digitize sort of a um, a virtual response on a screen as to, um, kind of what the the ball flight was overall. So, um, you know, the, the top golf balls are a little bit flight restricted whenever it comes to hitting a lot of the longer clubs. I've noticed that the the distances are pretty much the same out to like 125-ish yards. And then once you start picking up the swing speed a little bit, um, the ball really starts to spin a lot and kind of just falls out of the sky. And the back of our net is only 220. So um, whenever you kind of do a – you play, we have a uh, virtual courses that you can play with. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, it sort of kind of boosts the ball speed a little bit for you and to kind of give you a little bit more realistic distances. Um, and you kind of saw that there, uh, I guess, whenever you came to play, um, what, like a week, two weeks ago. Oh yeah. So, um, I, I really yeah, like, it's, it's pretty I really, cool. I really like that feature that y'all added because I think for guys like me who fell in love with Top Golf because it was in Houston or Dallas, and I thought it was like God's gift to golf. I really did. I mean, it was it was God's gift to guys who love to go to the range and want just that little bit extra, that better atmosphere, 
that a little bit nightlife, you know, Hey, you could take, it's perfect for a date. It is, you know, well, yeah, I mean, man. I mean, if, if I pound the golf, the golf ball, like you do, it'd be great, you know, for a date, mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd come mm -hmm. out looking like a freaking stud. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons I love top golf for sure. I'm, I'm like, if you put me in a social situation, um, <laughs> that is fun and involves golf and you know, when I'm not working, if, if, if I'm <laughs> drink or two, um, while I'm doing that, uh, you know, those are, those are situations that I generally shine in. I'm, I'm good at being social. I'm, I'm good at having a couple drinks and I'm good at um, hitting the golf ball, you know, relatively good. Well, so, well, well, I think, I think that's where, I think that's where you struggle is the couple drinks section. It's just, you know, do you, I think you like to exceed that. Huh. <laughs> not when I'm at work, buddy. Not when no, I'm no, at no. work. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Not when you're at work, when you're in a social, social situation, you know? So, so when you add yeah. that, you get it's, super social. <laughs> yeah, man. If it's, uh, if it's within the context of the day, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> Try to maintain some level of professional credibility here. <laughs> all right, Mike. So, so tell me, all right, here we go. I got another comment right here. Cause I guess, uh, see, cause sometimes these users don't show up just because So I'm, I'm constantly checking on my phone, checking on my iPad to see uh, who's commenting on these things. Cause sometimes they don't pop up on my screen, but they pop up in another group. Um, all right. So I have, I worked at a facility, uh, Minnesota Top Golf, for summer, and the chip in there. The balls are are a little bit heavier and not as far as you know you would play on the course. And so, as you're as you're instructing or someone's hitting in in, the, in your bays and hitting those balls, are you able to kind of I guess put put them at ease when they're not getting their distance? Because you know what, hey, like I try to squeeze every damn ounce, every yard that I can from my clubs. And when I, when I, when we went to go play there the other day and I said, Hey, this club normally goes 205 and it's only going 182 today. And I said, is it me or is it the cold or, or what? Yeah, it was, it was uh, 30 degrees outside. Uh, hey, but we but, had the warm, we had the warmers. We had the warmers. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, so I, I, I can't speak to how much the golf ball weighs or not, but I do know how far I hit the go golf ball on the course and how far I hit the golf ball at work. And I do it every single day. Um, and I'm a, a pretty high level golfer. And, you know, I think that, that the distances that the golf ball goes are, are plenty fine for us to make um, some similar comparisons as to if you're doing certain things better or worse than your swing. Right. So the idea that, um, the only thing that matters is how far your ball goes when you're at top golf um, on any given day uh, isn't really important in the in the long scheme of things. So, um, you know, if if you come to me and you're struggling and and you say I, I'm making bad contact and I'm slicing everything, I don't have to know how far the golf ball goes to help you with those problems, right? Conversely, if I start out measuring your first shots using the top golf balls and the top tracer, and let's say your seven iron is 20 yards, 30 yards a slice, and it's going 107 yards, and you're doing that pretty consistently, and by the end of the hour, you're hitting it 130 yards, and you know it's slicing a lot less or drawing. No matter what ball we're using, I think we're getting to a, to a place where we can agree that you know, you're, you're moving in the right direction swing-wise, if those were your goals. That is uh, anecdotal evidence as it will, but it happens every single day, all the time. 
And it's just kind of getting to the point of figuring out what's important, what's not, in my opinion. You're muted. Thank you. Thank you, man. You'll get the, you'll get the hang of this podcast thing soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you because, okay, I have two different headsets that I'm trying to figure out. And then I had somebody texting me that, hey, your voice sounds uh, your voice sounds muffled on it. And I'm like, okay, I had the wrong headset on. Thank you. So I went without it. I, I switched. You know what? Hey, you threw me off. I was on I was on a time schedule. I had you threw me off by by you being 10 minutes late. So, you know what? So I'm I'm not blaming you, but uh, you had a lot to do. <laughs> you had a lot to do with it. Yeah, well, add it to the list. <laughs> hey, no, you made you made an you made an entrance, right? You made an entrance. I just needed to give you. I needed to give you time to, to build it up. You know? <laughs> All right, so here I got a got a couple of questions right here for you. I got uh, Jason Miranda. I'm sure we know Jason. He's one of our four bros. Yeah. Uh, wh- what challenges do you have teaching at Top Golf? And we kind of t- we kind of touched on some of those, but I guess. Uh, and this is where I kind of want to lead to that stigma because there is a stigma about, Hey, this is top golf. Oh, you know, it's just a, it's just a bigger version of a uh, monster golf, putt, putt golf. And I'm like, no, it's not, you know, or, Oh, you don't bring your clubs to top golf. And I'm like, guy, uh, what I, what I paid for these, let me see what I paid for these. I bring Mizuna, my clubs everywhere. What I, what I paid for these Mizunas. Oh, Mizunos. Yeah. Hey, Oh yeah, they're they're coming everywhere with me. They fly first yeah. class. My wife doesn't fly first class, but my clubs do. Okay. We will we'll, we'll <laughs> cut that. We'll cut that part. <laughs> no, no, she knows already. She she knows already. You. Like like my bags are already packed. My my golf clubs are already packed before hers are. <laughs> That's fun. So so what yeah, so what, so what um, do you think are some of the biggest challenges? So, as you know, it's sort of a a, a general question in the sense of my actual physical challenges in uh, giving a lesson at top golf or more in the realm of, you know, the, the general teaching business at top golf in general. I think, um, and, I, I think maybe what is it's, it's maybe the haves and the have nots are kind of like, you know, the pros and cons, I guess, maybe how about that? The pros and cons. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the majority of the, the clientele that I'm exposed to at top golf on a daily basis is definitely going to fall into more of your beginner recreational category. Um, I do have a handful of players who are single-digit handicaps and probably beat me on any given day on the golf course. Um, honestly, uh, have a couple high school kids that are that are doing pretty good and um, never really had any direction before they met me. And I've been with them for a couple of years. So um, you know, the the good thing is that I'm, I'm really being able to kind of expose a lot of new golfers to golf and get them into the uh, game, sort of in a in a way where I, you know, in my opinion is um, a little less intimidating than the typical route uh, into golf. I think putting a new golfer on a, you know, three or 400 yard golf hole and giving them the longest club in the bag and saying go um, is kind of the worst way to, to help someone learn and progress. I mean, trial and error is a way to learn golf, Um, but being able to do it in sort of a, I don't want to call it sterile environment, but like a consistent, stable environment where we have the same lie every time. We have the same reference points um, in space around us, kind of have a lot of the same lines in front of us. Um, That's kind of why you see someone when they're at the range, like, oh, I hit my seven iron pretty good. 
but you see that they're they're able to sort of calibrate a lot of their motion based on their their spatial reference cues, if you will, um, and sort of being able to calibrate that same motion over and over and over, um, and being able to teach and work at a place where all those lines are pretty consistent, um, in my opinion, as a pro, and helps out in the lesson uh, arena. Uh, and then being able to expose that to a lot of brand new golfers is also just a double plus. Um, and honestly, you know, people might have a certain conception here or there about the lessons at Top Golf, but, you know, I'm pretty full. There's lots and lots and lots of people who come to Top Golf, and lots and lots of people who are taking lessons at Top Golf. And, uh, you know, all, we always want uh, as many people as possible, but, you know, I've been able to sort of make a career and support myself um, at an amazing place like Top Golf based on um, using the Top Golf balls and using the Top Golf technology and using the their mats and and everything like that. So, you know, not a lot of not a lot of stuff on the cons. I think the biggest con is just sort of um, marketing myself and getting enough exposure to sort of let people know that um, we do give lessons there and and are able to, you know, work in the bay to do whatever we need to do. Um, that'd probably be the the thing that I've failed at the most. Um, but at the same time, I haven't really had to work super hard on that because I've been relatively busy um, since I've started there, you know, going on three years now with them. So, yeah. And being on this show, this is the way to, to mark. We're, I'm marketing you, okay? Yeah, if you sure. Can, if, you can't, if you can't tell, you know, hey, I got your logo. I got your new logo. Yeah. Right here, yeah. I, got your, I got your website. Got logo yeah, I got your, I got your I, website I, down at the bottom. You know. Yeah, it's it's a crude website. I uh, I used a snowstorm to put it together. It's just really another avenue to help people um, get in contact with me. Um, not really looking to sort of turn in anything into a business per se. Um, so, you know, a lot of the it's really only got my email address and phone number on there, so that people can contact me. There Once you go. they contact me, then I'm going to go ahead and schedule them to come in and talk golf to do oh, lessons, yeah. stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's doing some podcasts like this, getting to know a lot of the other pros in town, being able to sort of invite them into top golf, get them to bring their teams in and get them to bring some of their students in and sort of help me foster some relationships where, um, you know, I can do some playing lessons at other courses and I can, um, you know, help them out and they help me out. And it's, it's really, really gotten pretty good in the last, couple of years i consider myself very lucky to to have met all these people so now now would you say as being here in san antonio would you say san antonio amongst the pros the teaching pros and the people that are in this golf industry would you say for the most part everybody's been real friendly and hospitable because i'm always curious because that's something and i know is before i started the podcast i'm always i'm always wondering you know and i hear people say oh i can get on that course you know because mm -hmm. hey we have a, like we have a code hey you know we, you know, I can get on that course or I can get on that course. And I was like, well, shit, I can't get on that course. And I'm like, I just want to know, you do all have like an unspoken kind of rule or it doesn't yeah, private, need to be made. We have a private Facebook group that we don't let anybody who's not a golf pro in. You know? <laughs> uh, hey, can, can you just, just, just let me hop on for, let me hop actually on. Actually, it's an idea. We don't <laughs> have one of those, but maybe Damn. we should. Damn. I'm that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Um, let me be no, an admin. Just, let me be an admin on that. Yeah. So, you know, just generally in the, within the golf industry, right. Um, there's a lot of reciprocation that, that it goes on between courses. 
Uh, and since I've never really been at a course, um, you know, I, I was never really privy to a lot of that. Um, but, you know, being at Top Golf and uh, really needing to have some courses to go do playing lessons and stuff at, uh, when my clients progressed to that point, uh, sort of necessitated that I start to reach out and create some of these connections. And, and man, I wish I would have done it 10 years ago. I'm not going to lie. These people are amazing. There, there isn't a golf pro in town that I have a bad thing to say about. Damn, that's not what I want to hear, dude. I, I want to hear the juice. I, I need the juice, man. This show is run on cheese, man, and juice and gossip. This, this is what fuels this damn podcast. Ask better questions, brother. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay, all right. I got one right here. I think I'm going to murder the last name. It's uh, James uh, Anaya, maybe. Uh, what are your Anaya, ranks? Anaya. If Anaya. I had to guess. Thank you. Anaya. 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 All right, tomato, tomato. What come on, Torres? You got this, bro. I'm the I'm the worst. I'm the worst Mexican that you will ever meet, dude. I am. I'm bad. I just all I know is I know how to. I, okay, I know how to uh, order a beer. I know how to ask where the bathroom is. I know how to order food, and I right. I mean I, I call bingo, so I know all my all my numbers. I know money. Hey, I can add up money. You know, tell me. You know, yes, single. Yeah. You say, hey, I know my numbers. You know, and then I know how to. Hey, I, I know how to communicate just a little bit, just when I'm drunk. Hey, when I'm drunker, oh, man. When I'm drunk enough, my Spanish is, like, nice, bro. It's nice. <laughs> so what are your rates, bro? Yeah. So what are your rates? Uh, so it's 90 an hour uh, oh! for adult lessons. Oh. Yeah, but it gets – here's the good thing is it gets cheaper whenever you get uh, – Whenever you buy more than one lesson at a time, right? So buying one lesson at a time is the most expensive way to do it. Um, but those rates will run essentially anywhere between like 90 and 65-ish an hour, depending on the size of the package for adults. Um, and then uh, for juniors, it runs, you know, 59 down to around 35 or so an hour. So, you know, the rates are very, very uh standard i don't think they're they're bad at all um i think the for the quality of the information and, and um the amount of time we get to, to work on things um pretty good rate in my opinion well well i do think that one of the big pros i do think in in being at top golf is you know what it doesn't matter hey uh what is it a uh, you know rain snow or shine hey you're you're always on it's always going to be you know what hey this is locked in Mm -hmm. don't matter what the weather is if it's ugly out hey it's always beautiful there inside you know and so pretty much uh, you do for the, most, gonna, for the most part we, <laughs> yeah. we did get shut down by a snowstorm last week but <laughs> short of that we got heaters and we're undercover so you know as long as we're not in in a tornado or a literal snowstorm, <laughs> snowstorm. Um, as long as people can drive to get there I can get there to give lessons. And uh, the majority of my clientele right now are sort of in long-term packages with me. Um, I think everyone can agree that going to the gym one time is not really going to help you out very much. Going to the gym twice is not going to help you out very much. There has to be sort of consistent guided work over time um, to, to make progress in the long term. And uh, I sort of pre just pre Someone buys 10 lessons, I just pre-schedule them out for all 10 lessons right there. And then we can move things down the road if they need to. But I think getting people on a schedule and getting them sort of comfortable and consistent with a time and a routine helps the process a lot. 
uh, rather than just saying, okay, go practice, you know, hit me up whenever you need more help. That's, that's not in your student's best interest. So, you know, they, they're still adults. They can make their up their own minds and their own decisions with, with how they want to do things. Um, but I'm just going to tell them from a professional standpoint, my opinion is we need more consistency. So, so I, I look at it as, as being a golfer. I look at it and running a golf podcast. I look at it as I walk into Top Golf. You know, my oh. wife when when Top Golf was made, my wife is like, "Oh, you're going to be there all the time." And after the first couple times, I was like, "I'm going to run out of money at this rate," you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's two types of golfers I think that go into Top Golf. You have, or three, maybe even three. You have that one golfer that is is new to the sport, and then you have uh, that one golfer that. Uh, hey, oh, I golf occasionally. No, I'm not going to take my clubs. I'm just going to use whatever's there. And then you have like the douchebags like me who come in, you know, wearing their tiger red, you know, the tiger red uh, polo, uh, black pants, coming yeah, with the golf your, bag, <laughs> coming with all the gear. You have all your iron covers on. <laughs> uh, okay, bro. I do not. I have Rowdy. Rowdy's really one. I have a little sock for, you know, the hybrids because I don't want them banging up against the other clubs. And that's sure. about it, you know. I have no I have no respect for guys that have all the damn iron covers. I have no respect. I'm saying oh, it here man. on the podcast. You can no point respect. them out real quick. They got, you know, four thousand dollar bag worth of golf clubs and they got the those twenty dollar iron covers from Walmart on top of their irons. It's the funniest stuff. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. So which is the majority of the golfer you see that walk in just that recreational one or really some people yeah, that, so that, like, that are coming in to try to get some work? Yeah. Really like 80% of the golfers that come to top golf aren't even golfers per se. They don't consider themselves to do golf or play golf in any sort of uh, recreational fashion. Um, that's like 80% of them. And then 15% of what's left are, you know, the guys that, that do enjoy golf, but my work, might have family, whatever. They play one or two scramble tournaments a year, uh, but don't really work on their game at all. Uh, and then that that last 5% are basically your real golfers, your the, the, the avid golfers. The National Golf Foundation says that an avid golfer averages around um, 25 rounds a year, which is, what, twice a month. And those are the people that are really supporting a lot of the industry. Those are the people that are um, the real diehard, you know, I'm playing golf with all of my free time sort of people. Um, and and those are the people that I like reaching out to. And those are the people that I like to encourage to come into Top Golf because um, those are honestly the people that with the, the free time that they do have, they're going to go to the range or they're going to go um, play golf at the golf course. And I love golf at the golf course and golf at the range too, but um, you know, a, a complimentary alternative is Top Golf, and I, I like to encourage that. It, it is ex- a little expensive if you come there by yourself or in the bay, but when you come there with with four or five friends and you all split the bay time, it's really not that bad. Um, you know, food and drinks are amazing there. Almost everything is you know cooked fresh. Uh, they have a full chef team in the kitchen. It's just like a like a hotel or a high end restaurant. Um, it's, it's the food, the menu's great. Drinks are great. Um, I don't, I don't have enough good things to say about it. 
but that's the, that, Mike. That's the problem. The food's great, the drinks are great, and you only want more, man. That's the that's the damn problem, man. You know, you can't go and just say I'm only gonna have one. And what's that yep. damn drink? I don't know if it's still on the menu, but I think it's like it's like a it's like a big bowl, and they serve you with little golf straws. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a huge ass drink. There was one called the golf bag. That's okay. That's the one I yeah. like. Do they, yeah, do they, they have, have like? Two people to order it or something. Yeah, but but my, see yeah. see my wife and I would order it, but I'd be the only one drinking it, and I'd have like four of those. Yeah, saucy. Oh yeah, man. She saucy. I was my yeah my wife was just said like she's like man you're just you are the man I married whenever you have four of those. Yeah, rowdy. <laughs> that's hey that that's my Instagram handle rowdy Torres. Rowdy rowdy shows up rowdy comes out. <laughs> he does man. All right, and then Joaquin Joaquin probably Joaquin um. He, he's the owner of Isla Bruin Street, him and his brother, Joaquin Pena. Nice. Um, he said, Coconut Crew, my man, right there. He's from Corpus, too, you know what I mean? So, right on. Right yeah, he, on. Looks, he looks real Mexicano. That probably doesn't speak <laughs> a lick of damn Spanish. Yeah, but the beer is good, though. Bro, okay. All right, shit you not. Uh, Maya and I, you know, we're trying to support one of our bros, and which we do, and we'll get here. We're, we're coming up to it right now, which we try to show love to all our bros who have their own endeavors and their own things. And you know what? My four bros, and you know, you're one of them, and and my good buddies have all been like great, great ambassadors for my podcast, and and they've helped me grow at leaps and bounds. Right? Well, shoot, Joaquin, you know, the, one of the owners of Isla Brewing Street, uh, you know, he makes this freaking it's it's he makes this red beer he makes this red beer and he makes the blue beer mm -hmm. and jeremiah's like hey let's support joaquin let's let's go half on a case and said oh shoot yeah well shoot man you know i'm just i don't like i'm not a i'm not a craft beer guy i'm you know i i drink beer for the the active lifestyle you know i drink a makeup ultra uh, yeah, i can drink i can i can drink <laughs> it's water all right it's it's flavored water and I, I like, hey, I like Ziggenbach. I like Shinerbach when I'm when I'm getting a little, you know, when I want to just spice things up a little bit. Well, yeah. my wife and I during the quarantine were like, hey, uh, let's drink some of let's drink some of the red, some of the rojo beer. And so we, we pop we pop it open, and you know what? To my dismay, that is some damn good shit. I was, I was like, okay, I found one craft beer I could I can freaking drink. You know, mm -hmm. I found one. Well, there's two. I like the Azul. We like the Azul too. Yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. It's, Don't it's have pretty, good things. Yeah, it's it's pretty good stuff. Because whenever I go to a craft beer place, I'm always like, uh, which beer is like Bud Light? And they, and they always Don't tell. Go. Me, <laughs> Don't go to crappier places anymore, Andy. Well, what what's one that I go to? What I used to go to was a road. They don't road like your kind. Yeah, they, they don't like my kind. I, I they don't like my kind. I, I just go. I, I just try it's to sip on a beer. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm that Bud Light guy. Or hey, like they, they don't like they don't like my kind. You know, they're like, oh, drink this one, and they give me like the most like stout ass stink beer. You know, and they do it on purpose. You know. <laughs> I love it, man. All right, so tell me. Uh, Favorite course here in town? Mm. It's a toss-up between uh, Oak Hills and the Oaks uh, TPC. Why? Why is it? Why are those two courses kind of set apart from the others? Uh, they're the two most challenging courses, uh, in my opinion, two of the most challenging courses that I've played in town. Uh, and then beyond the fact that they're just Truly live. I love it. I love it. My man. 
<laughs> I get all, down. He's all about that. I, I don't like Trulies either. I don't like Trulies. I don't like them. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not there. I, I'm not there yet. I'll crush. I'll crush some Trulies. <laughs> I'm a big fan of 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 pretty much liquor and soda. Anything. Um, I make a lot of like deep eddies and and soda drinks at my own house. So I'm a big fan. Um, you like, you like yeah, that combo. I, I, you like that combo. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think those courses are both really, really, really well designed. Um, they are really tough and challenging, and you know, I like golf courses that sort of kick my butt a little bit. Um, you know, in a fair way. So, plus their greens, I think are some of the best greens in town, both places. Now. I've, I've had two opportunities to play at Oak Hills and it is a country course, Oak Hills country course. And I know they used to, uh, years back, they used to have uh, the AT&T men's senior like open there, mm -hmm. you know, that was, you know, at now or before, before they did away with it, it was, you know, Hey, the Valero was on the Oaks and the AT&T men's senior, you know, championship was at the Canyons course. Right. Right. And so, and before then it was at Oak Hills. And so yeah. I had, I've been invited, you got to be invited, you know, or you got to be, you know, a guest of somebody, right. To play. Right. And the two times I've been invited to play, it's like the night before I got stuff on the menu the next day, you know, my marriage is on the line. Clear you know, some, it, bro. You need to go. <laughs> someone, someone's depending on it. They're like, Hey, I need a fourth. Hey coach, I got a spot for you. And I'm just like, sorry, sorry about yeah. it. Well, one time, one time it was just, we had, I had a family engagement and, you know, really I said, Hey, you know, my wife, I've never, I never have to change for her. So, you know, what you see is what you get the way I act with you and the guys, that's the way I act at home, if not worse, you know? So my wife knows exactly what she married and she's a freaking saint and she lets me go and play and, you know, she, she lets me be rowdy. Right. Love it. And, and so so that was one time. The other time we were in Vegas and we were leaving the next day. And one of my buddies calls and said, Hey coach, I got a spot for you, but it's an eight 30 tea time. And so I'm thinking, I said, I'm telling my wife, I said, I can take my I, flight. I was like, do you think, do you think I can, I told him, I said, hold the spot for me. I'm not out just yet. Right. Yeah, just yeah. Yet. And so I'm telling her, I said, do you mind if I leave really late tonight and you leave, tomorrow without me. are you cool with that and she's like nah dog it ain't nah dog it's not good and i said not happening yeah and so not i got happening. invited yeah, two I, times i got i got really lucky um a few years ago i was teaching uh i taught a couple of people who who were members there i was lucky enough to go play play out there a few times uh, it's been a while since i've been out there but uh i'm sure the course is still in great shape and so as good as i remember it Oh, and then the Oaks, man. Uh, Jeremiah and I, we played in a two-man event there uh, last year for the Golf Fellowship, and we're going to play in it again this year. Uh, man, that course is, just ate pure. us up. Yeah, it's, it's – I, I love it. it. It's it's so challenging. It, it's such it's such a challenging mm -hmm. course, And but, but like you stated, and I think that's – as I've gotten better in this game of golf, I think that's what, you know, a course like – the course is like the Hyatt, especially, especially their Oaks course, you know, there at the Hyatt. Those those nine holes, it, it makes you think, man, and and, and that's why that yeah. day we played out there. I was like, no, let's go to the Oaks. Let's go to the Oaks because yeah. again, it, it really makes you think. 
and you, it's a, it's about ball placement and where you want where you want that next shot to be coming from. Yeah, I uh, you know on my day to day courses here in town, um, you know I, I definitely kind of my my favorites are kind of the lofty courses there. But my day to day, man, I I really do love the Hyatt. Um, they got twenty seven holes out there. Course is always in pretty good shape. Um, they do a great job at, at keeping things together there. Uh, one of my really good friends, Ashley Skidmore, is um, head pro or director of golf or something out there. Um, she got the big office. She runs it all. <laughs> she's a fantastic, fantastic individual, um, and and she's always very welcoming and having me out. So um, basically, the whole time I was actually uh, furloughed uh, through COVID. I was maintaining a lot of my relationships with my clients by uh, meeting them at the golf course and going to play golf. And um, Ashley was a big part in sort of helping facilitate that for me and sort of keep me working a little bit and keep me active during that whole furlough, um, you know, forever indebted to them for that. And uh, I was able to sort of keep a lot of the clients going and progressing and playing golf. And it was, you know, it was a nice um, couple month little break um, from sort of the day to day in the Bay. And uh, I really like the courses at Hyatt. I've gained a lot more respect for um, sort of the variety and the uh, the challenging uh, parts of that of that golf course for sure. And that's great, man. And I think that's just a testament to to I think the people in the city and in the industry here in town is that y'all are always kind of take care of each other. And I think a lot of it from like I stated, from what I see from the outside is that you'll have a lot of common courtesy. Uh, it's kind of like a big network. You know, it's a y'all y'all really do just want to see this game growing. And right now the game is growing at freaking leaps and bounds, especially here in town. Yeah, it's the, the game has always been. I got reamed for saying this uh, on Facebook the other day, but I don't care. You know, the game the game of golf itself has always been um, very exclusive, in my opinion. Um, that You know, historically, the game is skewed very male, very upper class, very, um, you know, private. And those are some of the things about golf that I, I have never really um, cared for. I think – you know, I, I'm on board with making golf as easy as possible. So, like having having rules that are super easy to understand and follow, um, the easiest way possible to make scoring possible, to make a play possible, um, I'm on board with it. If you want to use a freaking shovel to putt with, I don't care. If everyone can do it, great. Let's make golf as fun and as open and as inviting for everyone as possible. Um, you know, conversely, you know really sticky uh, uh, attire rules and really sticky sort of etiquette rules um, that have sort of been very commonplace in the past or kind of moving out the door. You know, we don't have to show up with a top hat, uh, a suit vest or anything on anymore. You know, thank God. Um, I, obviously my, my favorite parts about golf have always been, you know, the, the integrity and the gamesmanship and just sort of the, the camaraderie um, of being outside and, and being competitive um, in sort of a, you know, a, a gentlemanly way, if you will. Um, and the, the, that's always been my favorite parts about golf. Um, my least favorite has been the exclusivity of, of, of the history. And I think the more inclusive we're making it and the more we're opening the door for people to come in and, 
that we're making golf a little bit cheaper or making the courses a little bit shorter. I think those are all great things. Um, and uh, I think it's causing golf to grow a lot right now. It's I can play four hours of golf and never come in contact with another human being. That's great. Um, I can yell at you from the other side of the golf course and you won't get COVID. <laughs> so, you know, we're 20 yards away. We're good to go. I think that's that's going to be really big here in, in, uh, in the coming years. So, Well, I, I, I've said this before on my show, and it's kind of like a constant, especially since this COVID has occurred. And, and again, this is what, what COVID did was it allowed me to, to venture out to guys like you because that's what I did. I made contact with guys like you and a good amount of the, the guests that I've had on the show. And sure. this, this streaming service has made it so much easier for me to, to be in contact with people because before I used to do everything on site. I used to lug mics all my equipment, my computer, mm -hmm. laptop, and it made it so hard, especially with people's, mm -hmm. people's schedules. Because I'm sure you know, as being a pro and a teaching pro, man, like like if you ain't working, you're not making money. You know, right. so so you're you're always as a pro and a teaching professional. Hey, right. you, you got an open spot? You're, you're trying to fill that open spot. If I'm, yeah, am I right? Mm -hmm. And so yep. and so it was always hard to kind of you know, to work around someone's schedule and especially being a teacher and being a coach and being a husband, a father of two and uh, working a second job. And so like, like this has made it really easy and it made it really fun because I'm able to connect with so many people and, and sure. it, it's been awesome. And, and one thing I saw the other day or for the past couple of days, this guy had, had posted a question on Facebook and the San Antonio golfers uh, Facebook group. Uh, he posted a question about uh, about like kind of like the new the COVID golfer or something of that nature, right? And it, maybe not per se those words, but in reference to uh, you know all the people being on the courses and how long it's taking to play and this, that, and the other. And there was like sixty nine freaking comments. Don't get me wrong; I, I tried to be like I'm listening, and, and I am, and and that's what this shows for too. This shows to try to help people to to get past those. Those those feelings, those you know, the game, the exclusive, the exclusiveness of the game, uh, the ugly air, the ugly you know, uh, aura it has around it, and you know, I'm really trying to help people. Hey, feel comfortable to walking into the damn clubhouse, feeling yeah. okay to, to to understand what are you asking for. Hey, do you want to play nine? Uh, do you know what Twilight is? Or you know what? Hey, what happens if somebody wants to play Wolf or Nassau? You know, when you're like, uh, I don't know what those are. You know, and so I'm really trying to help people kind of break, uh, be in the know, inform themselves, and just you know maybe not sound like so much of an idiot. Or you know, if they have questions, that's what this podcast and that's what this my website is really for. Just a, a, an open forum. Well, I responded in there saying, uh, you know what? Hey, it, it's it's not this game's not going anywhere. This is a growth. It's a boom. You know, we're going to have to get used to it. Right. And then I'm reading the comment, reading the comments. Cause it's just, it's such a, it's such a, a topic, a sensitive topic where it's, it's really tapping people. And one guy says, Hey, I pay the same. I want to get, you know, my money's worth. And I'm like, I hate it. I hate it. When people say that shit, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it when they, when they say that. Yeah. <laughs> Your money's worth is, is essentially par, right? <laughs> or or, or for all, those guys, no gear for those that's guys. <laughs> that's, that's what we're shooting for. You know, taking 20 shots per hole is not getting your money's worth. It's, it's making everyone else's day uh, much worse. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Everyone's going to have their own different opinions. Everyone, some people are going to be happy. More people are coming. 
some people are going to be mad that, that their course that they they play all the time um, is getting busier and busier. But, you know, I think that's only a good thing. That's going to help uh, get more people in the game, help keep courses around, help people um, sort of in our industry, you know, maintain jobs and maintain livings and, um, you know, bring it on. I love it. I, I, I do. And, and again, I just – you kind of look at, and I think at being at a facility like you and, and having an instructor like you, because you are, you're pretty easygoing, but super informative, super knowledgeable of the game. I, I think, you know, having guys like you and, and hey, maybe that's an idea, you know, teaching people that the rural etiquacies of golf, you know, or teaching them, you know, adult clinics. What do you think? There you go. I'm in it. We'll do it. <laughs> All right. So you got a big event coming. And of course, it had to change due to the weather. You got a big event coming up at Top Golf. All right. And let's see. I'm going to have a little picture of it right here. Uh, why don't you tell all the listeners just a little bit about your event right here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have a, uh, a virtual golf tournament. So we have, like I was saying, using the Top Tracer technology, um, we are able to actually play. Uh, golf courses virtually so you hit the ball out into the range uh it tracks the ball flight and then you can watch the ball played on a digital course on the screen um so we we have uh, a few different courses on there um we were supposed to kind of run the the very first one i had never actually done it before but uh it was sort of one of the parts of top golf that i wanted to um exploit a little bit more uh, i thought that um it was a really cool idea to try to run a sort of a real tournament uh and have people play on these on this virtual course. So, um, you know, I, I, this very first one, I kind of only marketed it to, um, you know, some San Antonio area golfers, my friends, um, current clients, people like that. I didn't really go too far outside those zones, um, but I, I kind of had this idea, right, that, you know, if I want 50 people to show up or something, I need to figure out how to contact and tell 500 people about it, right? So, um using Facebook, using some um, basic, um, you know, avenues of, of connecting and reaching out to people. Uh, we're able to get, you know, 40, 50 people sort of semi-committed or, or mainly set up to, to come in and do it. Uh, now we had a, what, once in a, once in a century snowstorm last the, the week. It was supposed to happen, of course. Of course, it would happen. Perfect timing. And you're not, um, right? So we, we moved it out. We moved it out two weeks, correct? Yeah. Um, so it's just going to be nine holes. Uh, it's going to, we're probably going to be there for two and a half or three hours. So it's essentially two and a half or three hours being able to hit balls in a bay and hang out uh, for $29 a golfer. I think excellent value. You're not paying any additional amount for bay time. You're not paying anything. It's just for the whole tournament, 29 bucks. We are only going to play nine holes because it starts at six six thirty. Um, I think playing eighteen holes it would go way too late into the night. But I really just want it to be a sort of a casual, fun, you know, semi-competitive tournament. Um, kind of dip my toe into that water and kind of see how that goes. And if we get enough people liking it, we can start to make a little crew of of people who play all the time and make a little league out of it, or or do something special and, and kind of grow it a little bit more. But um, definitely we have the technology, we have the resources, I have the place to do it. Why not try to set something like that up? And I'm also looking really forward to sort of networking with more of the, the avid golfers in town. Those are the main people that I reached out to. Um, some of the San Antonio golf groups, stuff like that on Facebook. Um, just to try to get the guys that 
do is spend their time and money going to golf courses and going to other tournaments, giving them an, uh, an alternative during the week or after work where they can come in for a couple hours and have some fun. Um, well, one of my good buddies, it doesn't say it on there, but I see it over here. It's Jeff Young. And I don't know if yeah. you know who you know who Jeff Young is. Oh, yeah. Hey, I've known Jeff for years. Hey, awesome dude, man. He's a he's mm -hmm. a great guy. Uh, he works dude out there. Smoke the golf. Oh, dude. Okay. Absolute miss. Yes. Yes, man. And you know what? And I'm like, I I played with him at the Republic. He's, he's a lefty though, right? Yes, I'm he's a lefty, man. But hey, but yeah, he, he can bomb. On the the ball ball. He can mm -hmm. bomb, man. He, he can bomb. He's he's a great player. All right. Hopefully he's not listening to that part. He's a great, he's a, he's a freaking stud. Well, okay. So this is Jeff Young. He says he agrees on the nine hole. And I totally do too, especially when you had us out there the other day and we we're playing with freaking Corey, you know, like he was addressing uh, Odie. I don't know if you saw a text from Odie. Odie had freaking timed. Odie had timed how long he stood over the ball. And, and Odie, oh, yeah. I mean, not Odie, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah had, had like, had like timed him. For how long mm -hmm. he took, and it was yeah. like a minute in change. A minute yeah. in change, he was over the ball. That's Sergio Bethpage, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, the lighter side of golf. Uh, favorite golf movie? Hmm. One hundred percent. Happy Go More. Oh yeah. Favorite character outside of Happy. Hmm. Did I get you there? It's somewhere between my favorite character in that movie is probably uh, Ben Stiller as the. Uh, hey, hey, you can have a the nursing, nice warm, the nursing you can have home a nice guy. warm glass of shut the hell house. up. You're in my house now. Yeah. Can I, can I have a warm glass of milk? It helps me sleep better. You could have a nice warm glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I. Yeah. That'd probably be my favorite character in that movie. Awesome movie. Uh. Favorite PGA player? Ooh. Tour player? Tour player, yes, sir. Well, my whole life it's been Tiger. But we're just going to assume that that uh, we're not going to go with the cliche answer. Um, I had to say Tony Finau. I've been on the, the Finau bandwagon for a long time. Um, I love him, man. I love him. He's, so, he's such a cool cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been watching him since he was on Big Break. Uh, so, way back thank you, day. thank you, thank yeah, you. Him and his brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kip, mm -hmm. that was that was one of my favorites because that was at Disney, and mm -hmm. that was at the, that was at Disney, and yep. I got when I got to play there in the Magnolia course at Disney, yep. and it was awesome. Again, this is why I'm still married, bro. I mean, well, I'm married. I mean, besides being my wife being freaking smoking hot, you know, and. And cool as hell, you know. Uh, yeah, you are, I'll kick your coverage. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hey, I, I, all the time. I know it. And um, my girls, they had like a princess makeover uh, hair day and makeup, right? You know, my wife and my two daughters. And my wife's like, hey, I got you a round of golf while we go do this. And I'm just like, Bad. oh, hell, like, like, damn, like, you are the best, right? So, but check this out. I go all the way to freaking Florida, right? To to I go to Orlando, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they pair me up with three other guys from Texas, and I'm just like, I was like, damn, ain't this some shit? You know, like these guys, two guys were from Houston, one guy was from Dallas, and Love it was it. just like, man, this is some damn shit. Well, okay, so we play and we're playing the front nine. We go in to get a bite to eat, and 
there's a freaking like thunder and lightning because you know how it is in Florida. It's always freaking yep. damn raining, right? Yep. Just wait and, twenty minutes. Well, we'll see. Go that's back. what we're that's what we're hoping for, right? Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, that tw- damn twenty minutes turned into two hours, okay. and and these guys that I'm there with, they're like, hey, we got to go back to our families too. So I don't know about you. He's like, you can go in there and take off, buddy, but we're gonna have us some 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 lulings. And we're gonna we're gonna sit it and we're gonna wait this thing out. And I said, yeah. you know what? I, I'm right with you, guy. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, but Tony Finau, hey, big break. He was cool as hell, man. I I, I spoke mm-hmm. to him the last time. Uh, he was here at the Valero. Super cool ass guy. And, and yeah. what do you know? Hey, his favorite golf movie was Tony Finau. I mean, was was a uh, his favorite Tony Finau's golf favorite golf movie was Happy Gilmore. You know, and so oh, right on. Yeah, he's oh, he was he was super cool, cool ass yeah. dude. Graham McDowell, a freaking dickhead. Graham McDowell, that guy can eat a fat one. Ah. He walked right by me like, okay. So I said, you know what? Oh, I'm going to bash you every chance I get. <laughs> well, now you have a podcast. so <laughs> That's only here in Texas, though. Only here in South Texas. All right. Yeah. Uh, last thing. Who are you playing your final round of golf with? Hmm. Tiger. Tiger? Sure. Why not? What do you think? What do you think about no all that? My, uh... No one in my family really plays golf. Am <laughs> I like, you know, am I assuming that if it was if it was someone who doesn't play golf who I just love a lot, uh, I, I'd go <laughs> my my dad or my twin brother. Well, you don't have to do it's, it's who you want to play with. I mean, I got some sentimental choices. I got people saying freaking, you know, anybody in the world. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about Tiger's accident today? <laughs> I know we, we saw his glass. We saw his glassy eyes the other day and I saw some of your comments on Facebook. So uh, are those the looking eyes? Are those the looking eyes you put earlier? <laughs> yeah, we see you. We see you, Ted. Um, yeah, why not? Last round, Tiger was the most legend of all legends. Why not? So, but what do you think? Um, besides that, uh, what do you think uh, uh, of his chances of coming back his, from this, or you know, or what occurred? Uh, in all reality, it wouldn't be the hardest thing he's ever come back from. So, I think he's done it before. <laughs> I think he has the template. He's got the roadmap. Maybe he just wanted a, a real easy reason to not play the Masters this year. Who knows? Uh, and maybe know he just got distracted. Maybe it's just a, a case of distracted driving. You never know. No reason to speculate, but uh, I'm sure he'll come back from it. And, and you know what? He, he he was in the midst of, of playing with – he had just played with, with Dwayne Wade, David Spade one day, and he was actually on his way because everyone's like, oh, oh, he was probably drunk, high, you know, oh, he's on those meds or whatever. And I'm like, it's 7 in the morning. It's 7 in the morning over there. And I'm like, maybe he's not on something. Maybe he's just – he could be coming off something, you know? Yeah. And sure. and <laughs> could be coming off something. Well, uh, he was supposed to have another uh, round with Drew Brees, uh, Justin, uh, I think his name's Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was supposed to do a photo shoot. It was part of a, like a, a, a few days of golf uh, and photo shoots and photo ops uh, from Oprah, right? Like this, yep. this whole thing that Oprah and her company is producing. And so – 
his agent and stuff. What what I what I find it weird is that I'm not hearing about this until I say maybe like one thirty, close to two o'clock, and this happened at like seven something in the morning, right there yeah. in uh by outside Pano Vidra, and uh, you know, they said his agent, everybody, promoter, or his uh, you know, his, his manager, or whatever, that they couldn't find him. They couldn't hear anything about him, and like they said, he never misses meetings. He's never late, and like. He wasn't he was down there for a while stone. before someone found him. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. You know, like we're not here. We're not hearing about this until freaking like, like till one thirty in the afternoon. I mean, when Kobe, God God rest his soul, when we when Kobe Bryant died, I mean, we we heard about that pretty fairly quick mm-hmm. in in, in yeah. essence, right? And yeah. it's just like, you know, Tiger Woods, and they're like saying a single car rollover, like okay, single car rollover that that was on him. You know, like it's it's on him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's nothing too dubious about it. Like you were saying, I, I don't think the time of day or anything like that seemed to be too suspect. It might've just could have been as simple as distracted driving or something. I don't know. Don't want to speculate on a, you know, nationally syndicated show. here. <laughs> all right. All right, Mike, uh, do you have any questions for me? Uh, no. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Really appreciate you having me on. It's been a blast. First podcast I've ever done. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. No, man. Um, hey, you're, uh, I had a lot. Of, I have a lot of comments. Everyone keeps saying you're a beaut. I was like, you're ooh, a beauty. You're a beauty. Ooh, and that's like, first. I know, right? That's a first. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Don't say anything else. <laughs> stop. Stop right there. Stop while you're ahead. Yep. Well, uh, well, Mike, I, I appreciate you. And you know what? Uh, the, the big question, the last, the real last thing I have is, is Top Golf, is it real golf? Yeah. That's what, that's what a lot of people, you know, like I said, they, they put it next to putt putt. In your eyes, obviously, you're professional. It is, is, it's real golf. Yeah. Short of, I don't walk out on the field and putt, but, um, you know, I, in my opinion, it's, uh, it's as, as close to, it, as close as you can possibly get the complimentary alternative. I think that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it, it, it does. You know, you get to, you get to scratch that itch a little bit. Uh, and I do think that new technology that y'all really added to the course. Cause that makes me want to go out there. Cause I did, I was getting tired of playing all those damn little, those, I, I, I say yeah. weak, I say weak games y'all got, but once y'all did, y'all put that course on there. It made it freaking badass. And I'm looking forward to March, to March 4th on Thursday, March yeah, 4th was- year event. The, the, the big target games and the big top golf games out there that kind of like, you know, originated with the company. Um, I think a lot of those were, you know, really designed with your recreational or your just your, your standard customer that comes in in mind. I want to make it really easy and all the targets are 50 or 60 yards wide. And, uh, but, you know, to real golfers, I think some of those games do sometimes a little bit boring and, um, uh, Adding in the golf, the virtual golf courses, I think have sort of changed the game. Um, so, if nothing else, Top Golf is its own thing, and it is a complimentary alternative to going to a golf course. You could be in and out of there, play a full round in in a few hours, and um, you know, not have to trek out to a course, get clubs out, you know, tire yourself out. We also do a lot of like corporate events and stuff like that, where instead of running. Um, on course, all day long, scramble charity tournaments. We can do the same thing in house. Um, have all the food done. 
have everyone taking care of all day long. Um, you know, those those events tend to bring in a lot more people who aren't like actual golfers. Whereas if you if you took those people to a regular golf course, they wouldn't survive one hole, right? So, Damn, um, that's 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 true. You're, you're giving a lot of people that might not be able to survive that that four or four par four that dogs to the left, you know, with yep. water to the water, the, you know, with water, you know, hanging the, over. The, the biggest reason people quit golf is frustration, and a big reason for that is um, one they they play golf courses that are way out of their skill level. And two, they, they don't have enough of a knowledge base to understand um, how to organize, organize information in a way that's applicable to them and will help make them better in the long run, right? So it's kind of like me going on WebMD and with no medical background and trying to sift through a list of things based on symptoms and then diagnose myself and then figure out which medicine I need and then how much of it I need and how often I need to take it. Right. It's not just as simple as do this, do that. And it works. There's a lot of fine tuning involved. Um, so, you know, being able to have a better idea of what's important and what's not important is really, um, you know, pivotal to uh, helping you down a good path rather than sort of toiling and going in circles all the time and tying yourself in knots like most people tend to do. So, well, Mike, once again, I, I think that's what you do for your, your clients and your students and, you yep. know, the people there at Top Golf. I think you make it easier for them. And yep. if you cool. want to reach out, if you want to reach out to Mike, uh, he's at uh, www.sagolfpro.com. And also you can reach him on Instagram, hit him up at San Antonio Golf Pro. All right. Yep. Uh, hey, guy. Hey, guys, uh, if you have any questions for Mike, hey, right there, his website's on here. I'm going to make sure to put it in the show notes and also put uh, some of your contact info in there. They, they can reach out to you. Uh, also, don't forget, Mike's big event is March 4th, Thursday at Top Golf. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there. So, hey, I'm just I'm making some, you know, I'm making some changes in my normal schedule just for you. I'm doing the show it, on a Tuesday. I'm doing it next week on a yeah. Tuesday. So because yeah. I'm going to be there Thursday. All right. Yeah. So you can, uh, if you do want to come to that event, uh, if you have a Facebook, hop on Facebook. I have an event page up for it. That's going to be sort of my baseline uh, document. It's going to kind of export my guest list for the people that are coming to that. Uh, if you don't have a Facebook and you'd like to participate, uh, you can email me at mike at sagolfpro.com uh, or go to any of my uh, social media sites and, and shoot me a message and and I'll get you on the books. And I'll make sure also too when I when I shoot this out, when I put this on YouTube, when I chop it up a little bit, um, I'll make sure to put uh, that event on there as well. Love it. All right. Uh, hey, cool, I, I just want to know one thing. Uh, why did you choose to become a four bro? Oh man, you know what? Hold on one second before I answer that. Give me one second. <laughs> I was like, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know why. Why Mike, this guy, this pro, the director of instruction, and I'm really asking this for all my four bros. There you go. Let's it see. Is, it's because of the cool merchandise. <laughs> the merch. Yeah. The merch yeah. right there. Uh, like that. There you go. There you go. That thing. All right, my She's man, right there. She's there a beauty. There it is, right there. <laughs> no, nah, right. you guys are you guys are all great, man. I. Uh, 
I've always, always sort of wanted a, a group of guys to go play golf with. And, you know, I, I know that I teach golf, uh, but I have a, I have a six year old, uh, really busy life outside of work and outside of golf. And, and I don't play as much as I want to. So sort of joining a, a group of guys like you who want to play all the time and they're just absolute golf fiends sort of makes my, uh, makes my blood run a little bit more. It makes me want to do it a little bit more often. And, and plus you guys are all degenerates like me. So I love it. <laughs> it's been very well hey, man. Hey, hey man, that's you're swinging below the belt, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment, baby. All right. Compliment. Well, Hey, Hey Mike. Well, thanks man. And we're, we appreciate having you at the group. Uh, we appreciate your friendship and man, thanks for what you're doing for the game of golf here in San Antonio, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, Take man. You have, a, you have a good night, brother. Later. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Mike's such a cool-ass dude. Make sure you hit him up at www.sagolfpro.com. And don't forget, guys, <laughs> Carlos, CJ, CJ, and Mike to drink. Ah, that's you, CJ. I'm, uh, in the words of Jeremiah, I'm a good Christian man, okay? I'm a good Christian man. I don't do stuff like that. Uh, I'm a Catholic school teacher, okay? I mold young, mi- I mold young minds. <laughs> Uh, Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, If you want to listen to anybody here in town or you're curious about a place, whatever, please hit me up on Facebook. It is Nothing is Obese, South Texas Golf Podcast. Or you can hit me up on my personal page, Andy Torres. Uh, I am also on Instagram at Nothing is OB. Also, my personal page is Rowdy Torres. If you didn't get it, I'm a proud graduate of San Antonio. All right, guys. And I do have a couple of winners for our uh, I was giving away two individual rounds to and two hats to the Golf Club of Texas. I have James, uh, Anaya, Anaya. Man, I need to, James. Ho- hopefully, hit me up, James, and you. Hopefully, hit me up and you let me know how to properly say your name. All right, I have James, and I also have uh, Sergio. All right, I got Sergio Avendano, Sergio Avendano, and James Anaya. I have you all, guys. Uh, let me make sure, guys. Uh, that I get your email address so uh, we can meet up, but I can give you those. I got two sweet Golf Club of Texas hats and two free rounds of golf to my home course at the Golf Club of Texas. I want to thank the Golf Club of Texas for hooking me up with some sweet merch and some rounds to give away to some of my listeners. All right. Don't forget, please hit me up. I'm on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, all the different types of social media networks and audio formats. Uh, please help me to grow this game, to get this podcast out there. I love this game of golf. I love San Antonio, the city of San Antonio. It's been so good to my family and I. And this game of golf, it's just its a great time right now. It's a great time to be a golfer. It's just booming. Uh, we do. We get such a peace of mind to be out there and know that we're doing it in, in a safe, uh, safe conditions, a safe way. And, uh, you know, it, it's awesome. It's a great time. We got some great courses here. And I think I'm... Um, I think I'm heading that direction. I think I'm really trying to break the big stigma of of how golf is being played and that San Antonio is a destination site for some great badass golf amenities, uh, the nightlife. I mean, especially during the COVID time, the restaurants. uh, And I'm thankful, thankful for um, everybody for tuning in. I really do. Uh, Thank you for helping me get this stuff out. Uh, We're trying to put some good things out there trying to put some good work. And like I said, uh, thank you for your participation in the, uh, Hey, making nothing is OB, you know, a podcast that that's only growing. Remember in the game of life, nothing is OB. Y'all have a good night.